Bonjour. Bonsoir. Bonsoir to you also, and thanks for the welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Tadeusz Bruggs, the man himself. Look at this structure. Powerful football player, outstanding FBI agent, <laughs> and the creator of the Minority Report. Yes. Oh, we're excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, bro. Well, Absolutely. we are honored. Uh oh, we and always like we always like this. And excited, dear friend Elvie John Legend is with us too. Yeah. Here it is. Yes, yes. Uh oh, uh oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get you that time, Mike. <laughs> I was aiming for yeah. him. Dear friends, as you can see, we're having a lot of fun. We are in the Red Room. Love and guess room. what happened? We did this amazing interview nine months ago. Yes. And our fantastic Dylan, in a moment of passion after spending nights in nightclubs, <laughs> forgot to save the interview. <laughs> hey, Dylan, I don't blame it on you. I thought the interview ended up on the cutting room floor, the editing floor, and it just didn't make the cut. <laughs> hey, we're so excited, dear friends, because Tadeus is back. It's a year later. He's even more successful, and we are more successful, too. So, cheers. Welcome back. Dude, you're just, you're just killing the wine game. Oh, man. you are. You, you are. are. So, you dear are. friends, you have the man who created one of the coolest things in the world. And we will tell you all about it. But I want to start first to show you that everything is possible. Why? Thaddeus was not born into winemaking, was not evolving in a restaurant, was not yet a sum, and he changed his life. So Thaddeus, why don't you tell us all, how did this happen? I'm not going to say by luck, maybe by chance, mm -hmm. because I think luck plays a little bit of a part in it, but it's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I'm very fortunate to be in my third career right now. I First, thought you were going to say in your 30s, but you look like you're in know. your 30s. Well, well, they say black don't crack a lot, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what I, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway. <laughs> so my first, career, my first career was in coaching college football, and, and one of my uh, players, All-American player behind us is here, Brian O'Kay, and I coached him for four years. You, and you're going to stay with us because yeah. you, we're going to show you his physique. He's yeah, quite yeah. a build. He, he, was a be he was a beast as far as a football player, and then, and so I did that for eight years, and then somehow, you know, I, I always was interested in law enforcement, but, the, but the, the, not the beauty of this, but a lot of a lot of black people don't really want to go into law enforcement. They don't really like the police. Yeah. For for various reasons, okay? I see. But I always liked the FBI and thought that I would maybe want to be an FBI, CIA guy, someone like that. You I know. could see those oh, eyes you know, investigating so, very well. Yeah, and so after coaching football, I decided to just, you know, I graduated from college, of course. And I put my name in the hat to become an FBI agent. I went and took this test. And I passed it. Woo! And I was like, damn. Okay, so I went back and coached football for another season, 
And I finally said, I need a career change. And But the FBI also pursued me a little bit more. They said, hey, is this something you want to do? And then I went through stage two and stage three. And then finally they sent me to Quantico, Virginia wow. to start training. That's also what a Marine Corps trains at also. So, and then, Very cool. And then I went on that journey for 22 years. But I tell you what, it felt like it was 10 years. I wish I could have somehow kept those memories and somehow just locked them in somewhere where they can just come back to me like that. Yeah. But the 22 years, it was such an exciting time that a lot of that stuff just come, it flows in and out. Sometimes I'm having conversations with my guys over here and stuff just pops up in For your sure. head or whatever, you know. And so, now, what does it entitle to be an FBI agent? Well, Big think, questions, your yeah, friends. We're yeah, getting you know, into no, the that's a great That's a great question. But I think the number one thing to be a good FBI agent, you have to have the ability to have common sense yes. and figure out a problem. And I think if a lot of police officers today and other people in law enforcement just have some common sense and not escalate a situation. That's right. But de-escalate it because a lot of times... Pulling your gun isn't necessary. That's very and true. I used to tell people when I went on, when we went on raids and I was a team leader, I said, look, your gun does not come out of your holster until my gun comes out of my holster. So I would just go up to the person and say, look, you're under arrest. Put your hands up. And 90 percent of the time, that person would have would do what I told them to do. They yeah. put their hands up and no one gun left the holster and no it never got escalated. But it's, it's because of your physical. Well, I think, you I think, pull intimidating well, well, guy. I think that he's six four, <laughs> and he <laughs> looks like he's six when he's sitting. Yeah, but and you, those are big shoulders, you, you know, dear friends. I think that has some presence in it, but also you have to have some command of the situation yes. when you're in it. And I think if, so. So the common sense aspect is good, but also you have to be proficient whether it's in firearms, whether yes. it's in defense tactics, to defend yourself, you know, to maybe if someone has, has a gun pointed at you, you, they teach you ways that you can de-arm this person from, with the weapon very easily, especially if they, I shouldn't tell all the secrets out here, right? <laughs> Some, you never, no, know. But I'm, you never I'm... know who might be listening. So. <laughs> well, yeah. 22 years yeah. of service, you can divulge yeah. a few information. Yeah, you know, but it was, uh, it was an exceptional career, and... If I had to do it over again, I probably would do the exact same thing wow. again. Yeah, no regrets at all. It was it was it was really good, and I got a chance to travel all over the world. Let's toast on that. And you, so you have, you were sent on missions internationally as well. Yes. Uh, Very cool. You know, um, a lot of the intelligence, and I can talk about this just briefly, but. America went to war in 2003 uh, with Iraq. Yep. And I was, I was able to be a supervisor to be able to, I was in a very highly uh, sensitive group that received a lot of intelligence from the war and I had to disseminate it to the, for people, they said, on a need to know basis. So these are people high up in the chain of command in the FBI. And, and I was just fortunate enough to learn a lot of things that that went on during that time, and yeah, I'm trying to be a little judicial and, <laughs> and, he and what is. I'm saying in a sense. I mean, I'm pulling the strings. And um, hey, no more wine if you don't have a trade I know, secret. but America, America has friends 
that sometimes pretend to be our enemies. I see. Because the FBI has never solved, I don't think, hardly any case without someone giving the information to solve it. Or we gave someone a large sum of money for that information. Hmm. And that's how, the, that's how it kind of works. That's how it works. Yeah, it kind of works, yeah. <laughs> you know, which <laughs> I remember taking a guy, you know, this guy gave me a lot of information. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I had to give him, I gave him $60,000 in cash. Woo! And then I said, So you would carry yeah, just yeah, bags I, of I had cash? $60,000 in cash. And I said, You need to sign this form. He, gave, he had to sign this code name. He signed the form. And I said, By the way, you need to pay income tax on this money, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did my I did my part, right? <laughs> so, so <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> but some pretty what is there a story you want to share that was one of the most scary, sensitive and powerful story because Everybody dreams about the FBI, the CIA, the special agent. I mean, we just all of us saw the latest James Bond. He's I did James see the Bond of the James United Bond. States. Well, man, <laughs> that's a that's a very good question. We still have more wine. I know. Uh, I should have asked that question at the end of the interview <laughs> <laughs> when we finish that bottle. <laughs> I've had a few. I've I've had a few, but and, and fortunately, all of them turned out in a very good way. But probably. One of the, I wouldn't say it was scary because one thing, one thing about it is that when you're in the moment, when, it, when it's present and it's going on and you're in a high speed car chase and you're going down a one way street with this guy 80 miles an hour and you guys making these turns, blah, blah, blah. And then he's going through these different neighborhoods. He's wanted out in New York on a double homicide. Ooh. And I'm the only guy because my partner is still asleep. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just coming from the club, too, when I got the call. <laughs> you see, that helps to go to the nightclub. <laughs> I, think, I, <laughs> I didn't tell nobody that, though. Because when your supervisor calls you, it tells you, hey, this is where you need to be. So I just happened to sit on the, dude, the guy's house. And naturally, the guy came out of the house about 5 5.45 in the morning. Wow. I'm like, shit. Hopefully I can use that on there. So, <laughs> so, so he gets in his car, and, I, and then I contact one of the bosses. I said, they ask him, what should I do? They said, don't lose him. So he finally figured out that I was following him. So he's going high speed down different streets, down one-way streets. And finally, he gets to this place that's uh, it's a, pro it's a project that's in... North Miami that I knew well, he stops the car and he jumps out of the car. And a lot of the, these housing projects are kind of, they're, they're vacant. So, and I get out and naturally I'm chasing after him. You're not in a uniform, huh? Uh, no, I'm Traditional dressed, I'm, clothes. I just came from the club. Yeah. <laughs> I was double checking. He didn't fall. He's a good agent. Okay. So, so and, That's how the French agent operates. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So, you know, I naturally, I pull my gun on. I, I have this, man, back in the day, we had this big uh, Smith & Western 10 millimeter uh, weapon, heavy as hell. So I'm chasing this dude, but as I'm chasing him, and it's still, you know, kind of light out, but it's in between, and, he, and I lose track whether he's running to an apartment or not because they were mostly vacant. And I, so two other SWAT teams had tried to arrest this guy before and was unsuccessful. 
So I knew he was a kind of bad dude, but finally I caught a glimpse of him as he was running. And, and the only reason I was able to catch him that day, I was in better condition than he was. So I finally ran him down and I, I, I had my gun out. I said, look, if you don't stop, I'm going to shoot your ass right now. And finally he stopped and I got him down on the ground and prone him out and cuffed him. And, and then I finally got backup that came to help me out. But after that, it was, it was no need. Wow. And I think the dude's doing life So you were now. chasing him running? I was ch I chased him for well over a mile or so. Wow. And I was just in, and I tell people, and that's what Pretty I- Pretty cool movie scene. Yeah, it would probably been a great movie scene because Denzel Washington's one of my favorite yeah, actors. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you look like him. You, you, his, yeah. you his younger version. Yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> He's the young dude of it. So, uh, no, but that turned out really well. And, and the guys, I think he, he's, he's spending pretty much the rest of his life in jail. And that's wow. where he should be. He was a bad dude. When you, when you just kill two people for no reason, yeah. there's no reason for you to be walking around. <laughs> that's for sure. But. Well, you can but drink wine I don't know instead. if we want to keep this. Keep this whatever. But I just heard today that one dude from Wisconsin. He shot a couple people, and they and he was found not guilty. Huh? I don't know if you know about that no. or not. You don't, okay, well, we'll leave that one alone. No, I don't, I don't follow those kinds of news. Yeah, I try to get yeah, out of it. It happens yeah. too often. Yeah, it happens too often, yeah. So what's your position on, on firearms, in fact, uh, if any? I'm not a gun nut myself. Uh, I, I, ha I have a firearm, and I, I'm able to carry a firearm, and I'm well-trained, of course, in firearms, but... Um, I think that someone should have a firearm if they're trained well enough to use it. I don't think that there's any place for you to have an AR-15 or an assault rifle. That's right. Because you can't hunt with those rifles. Those, you, there would be no meat left on the bone if you <laughs> shot somebody with an AR-15. <laughs> sure. You know, so these, specifically a chicken. But, but these guys, you know, they think the the. Uh, you know, the amendments protects them for the right to bear firearms. But I think back in the day when that was thought to be correct, it was just for you to have like a long gun, a rifle or a shotgun to protect your home. Mm -hmm. But they've carried it so far now. These gun nuts, these guys are, in my opinion, I it's think a little that much, huh? it's a little much. Yeah. You can have a gun or two to protect your place, but you don't like. Oh, I got friends who's got 50, 60, 100 guns. Isn't it better to have 100 cases of wine? You know what? You know what? The guy has 100 cases of wine and 100 cases of guns. It, no, no. This it goes in pairs. No, but huh? the gun thing gets addictive in yeah. collecting guns similar to collecting wine. That's right. So if you have somewhat of an addictive personality, you're going to just collect things. It's so is it how you got addicted to get into wine? Oh, man, wine was... Because that's the big question. You yeah. may wonder, okay, we've been 15 minutes together. Did this you know, man uh, get into wine, and how did he create the report? So, well, that's another story. I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't a sober one. When I, how, how, how that happened. But I think wine found me. I didn't necessarily find wine. That's great. In, in well the, said. In, in the aspect that... One day, and okay, so I need to reflect back just a little bit uh, because where I grew up at, I'm one of 11 children. We grew up in the projects, poor, blah, blah, blah. My father had a- 11 pretty, children. I'm one of 11. I'm the fourth wow. oldest out of the 11. There are seven boys and four girls. 
My father, very hardworking man, and he always provided food for us, so that was never an issue. But we never had wine on the table. I didn't even know, well, we knew in the neighborhood that they had like Boone's Farm. What's the other wine they had? Mad, after? Dog, Mad Dog 2020. That's what uh -huh. all, Mad Dog 2020, if you was an alcoholic, that's what you drank. Okay. <laughs> Is it still around? Even? I, don't, I don't know if Mad Dog's still around or not. Uh, MD, I don't know if it is, but, but if you was an alcoholic, that's what you drank. So there was no wine in our house. So my father, he drank beer and maybe a little scotch every now and then. So I was not exposed to any of that. My first glass of wine was when I was 35, 36 years old. I, I was at a party and someone just poured me a little Merlot in a glass. That's before... I was seeing uh, sideways destroyed Merlot. How about that? Isn't that a sad story? <laughs> I think it's back strong though. Oh, I looks... thought it was when you were in that club before that chase. You were having. Oh, a we got to we got to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> and it gave you energy to run. <laughs> so, so it might have been, but I had my first glass of Merlot, and it was like I loved it, but I couldn't figure it out. And also, you know, I've, I've been eating it decent restaurants and they have a wine list and the wine list looked like Chinese to me yeah. because I didn't understand anything that was about it. So I took it upon myself to start studying. So really? I started taking classes at various places and then finally I decided that I wanted to study with WSCT, Wine and Spirit wow. Educational Trust. So I started, actually, I took all these little small classes at these local wine places and then I started gaining enough knowledge, tasting enough wines, and then I, instead of taking WSET 1 and 2, I said, I just want to take WSET 3. Oof, you went right for the top. Yeah, and passed it. <laughs> well, LVE, yeah. John Legend Wine. <laughs> John Legend. Oh, this is, this is the guy, yeah. Jerry Legend. Think of this? Yeah, I love it. Great? Yeah. So we made this wine together in France. Mm -hmm. It's our French sparkling rose. Wonderful. It's doing very, very well. You often see him on the piano with this wine. What do you think of the taste? What a WSCT level three or four now. Uh, I am, I'm studying at the diploma level four currently. I have three tests that I've passed. I have three, three more tests to go and decide where I want to go from there. But um, we'll, we'll see. No, very nice rosé. Um, is there, does it say the percentage of Pinot and uh, Chard in here? I mean, somewhere a blend. I yeah, somewhat it. of a blend, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's right. probably around 65%. And it's on the dry side, so you guys will like it, uh, even though he's more of a Napa cab I think they're there, already you know? on the LV Cabernet yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do that. Maybe generations, dear friends. That's their third bottle, but we won't say that to anyone. No, but I, I think it has great fruit characteristics. I think it's very, it's a lovely um, rosé of uh, champagne. Yeah. Very nice, yeah. Thank you. Uh, did, he, did he consult on the blend, or you guys did it and he... Yeah, and then he, we, we work on many blends, mm -hmm. and then he said, that's the one. Okay. And that's what we selected. Very good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun between music and wine. Is there oh, anything better? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. But so, I love the fact that you elected to pursue education in a big way, and now you're continuing with level four. So what do you want to do with this? Well, right now, I, um, I, I've been, I, I have the Minority Wine Report, which, uh, com, which is my blog site, but I also have um, the podcast called Wine in Black and White. 
And the reason why I started the podcast, just so that we can get knowledge out there, the podcast is more like, yeah. like about teaching people about wine, the different aspects of champagne, different wine regions, the different red grape varietals, different white grape varietals. And I started it with a white guy. And he was, he's supposed to be, the, he's the white guy of wine and black and white. And, <laughs> but the white guy doesn't do any work. Okay. How about that, That's man? pretty typical. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, no, but he's a good guy, but he ran into problems with, in the COVID era because he's a wine rep and also he's studying for his master of wine. I see. So when he finished the master of wine, he'll come on board and he'll be a great asset. Well, it to may the take another thing. 20 years. Yeah, no master shit. of no wine shit. is a long one. Yeah, but he's at stage two. So we'll see what happens with him. But anyway. Um, so no more white guy. Well, it's only been the black guy so far. <laughs> Well, we like it you that know, way. You know what? Andrew Lafasoni, our friend at Wine Watch, he's yeah. volunteered to be the white guy. Though. Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> he is amazing. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. So anyway, so um, my, my going forward, my future is that I would like to continue to educate, and I like to really continue to to tour the world and and drink the world's best wines. Huh. And most wines, I prefer drinking blind. Mm, much better because. That's the beauty or the kind of, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. That's the challenge I get out of wine is trying to figure out grape varietals. That's it. And on average, I think I taste around 4,000 different grape varietals a year. What? A year. On average, that's about 10 that, a day. That's about 10 a day on average. 10 bottles of wine a day. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. You start at breakfast? Uh, okay, so my regular routine is that. After I, the music. I get up about 10, 30, 11 because I'm retired. And then I go to the gym, get a workout in, and then get something to eat. And then I start basically drinking wine wow. until about 8 at night. And then I go to scotch and cigars until about 3 in the morning and go to bed and get up and start over again. Well, in between, you know, sometimes I have wine events and do this and that. But I'm in the gym four or five days a week, and that's my routine. Yeah, you're very fit. That's my routine. What kind of gym do you do? Uh, I'm Kickboxing a, no, or martial you know arts? What, uh, I'm a circuit weight trainer where I hit, you know, one day is chest and, and, and buys and then in the back and the, tr and the triceps. And then I, I do legs one day and then I combine it all together. But at the end of my program every day, I get on a spin bike and I do 20 minutes or 30 minutes spinning hard to, as a cool down at the end of the workout, yes. Wow. I know you're pretty fit, too, for yourself, well, and I, you work pretty hard, too. Oh, I love. What do you get all your energy from? Tell well, me. I, from the beverage. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get to 10 bottles a day now. <laughs> hey, we're going to finish yes. this one. Okay. Because okay. there's LV Red waiting for us. So I want to hear, how did you start? Because this is quite amazing, dear friends. When we talk about a great entrepreneur, that's who he is. When we talk about a great writer, that's who he is. And we talk about someone who really started spontaneously and built something amazing out of an idea. This is very impressive, Tadeus. That's what you've done. Yeah, so I'll tell you how the Minority Wine Report came about. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Cheers to that. So cheers to you. We love cheers, the sound. Cheers to John Legend, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he may be watching. Yeah. We never know. He so, tunes in. So I was sitting, I was in Chicago. I was sitting on my back deck in Chicago. It was summertime. And, you know, 
I love wine, and 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 I needed a way to get entree or or into the game in a sense. Yep. So I said, and I, I knew I wasn't a bad writer because I had to write thousands and thousands of reports for the FBI. For sure. And then those reports, a lot of them end up in court, so they had to be somewhat legible in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the criminal would just walk away. Be... And when you wrote those reports, were you having as well a few glasses yeah. of wine? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. But anyway, so I'm sitting on my back deck, and it just pops in my mind. It's minority wine report. And I was like, damn, that sounds really good. So I get on my phone and I checked to make sure it was available yeah. to pick it up. And then I picked it up and I started it in I think maybe 2009 or 10. And I just been rolling ever since and trying to add content to it and For different sure. things like that. But most of my content because of the way the, excuse me, the way um, the world is going in the social media aspect, everybody wants instant gratification. So, so I st that's why I put most of my content on Instagram right now. It goes to Facebook and Twitter. That's great. And, and, it, and it's more spontaneous in a sense that but way. You're having a huge following. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, people... Uh, <laughs> He's doing amazing. But, but you know what? People friends. like good juice. And that's my hashtag is good juice. And I think people just like it in, in, in the pandemic. Yeah. People have been staying home. They haven't been going anywhere. So everybody's on the internet, basically, you know? But how did you succeed to, one, feel confident to write about wine in the world we live in where there's so much content on wine? I think that takes a lot of balls. Well, well, I'm a, well we, can, we, can, we can do this. You know? We can go here also because most, most times... And I guess it was a product of my education where I went to school. I went to Hillsdale College, graduated from there, played football, blah, 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 FBI, blah, blah, blah. But most of these environments, I'm usually the only black guy in this environment. Really? And in the wine game, everywhere I go, I'm the only black guy there. Mm -hmm. But so I knew I needed some education. Yeah. And I needed an experience behind me to feel legit by the people that I had to deal with. And that's why right now, I, I mean, I roll through the wine game really, I think really strong because I have some content and education right. behind me. And I tell other young people, just because you maybe can sit at a computer and write something out and blah, 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 if you don't have any education, like for instance, I'll give you, for instance, I was at this one wine conference and we were doing a round table and the winemaker was explaining the wine, and this one person asked the winemaker, what grapes are in Bordeaux? I mean, if you, <laughs> you're following me, right? I mean, I'm like. Are you trying to think it's Zinfandel or yeah, Pinot yeah. Noir? I mean, yeah. If you don't have an understanding. I know Chardonnay. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> if you don't have an understanding of that, how you, you're kind of pretending to be a sommelier yeah. or whatever. I mean, you need education behind you. And that's sure. the key. And then you get respect. And so. Yeah, but you, you're very modest. Yes, you got the education and all that. But explain to everyone, many of us are thinking, you know, watching. I'm not sure what I'm doing is right. I'm not sure I'm heading in the right direction. I want to get into the world of wine. 
how do I do that? So give us a few clues of what made you such a success in a short period of time. Because you really just got started, you know, yeah. seven, eight years, yeah, 10 seven, years eight, ago. Seven, eight, 10, yeah. But I think the, the biggest thing is, one is hard work. Yeah. And one, you need to drink a lot. <laughs> no, no, this is true. In order to get good drink at or it, taste? It, 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 taste. Okay. I, let's okay. go with taste. Taste is good. You need to taste a lot. Because in order to get good at your, at your craft, you, I mean, you have to be able to taste all these different, you, but you taste for a purpose. You taste for an understanding of, for instance, Cabernet. Cabernet is that big stringent red grape, but at the end of it, it's gonna make your wa mouth water a little bit, but in the middle part, if it's 100% cab, it's not gonna, it's gonna kind of fall off a little bit. And then you taste Merlot, and then Merlot kind of fills in that middle for Cabernet, and you say, oh, Merlot's kind of luscious, it's pretty, pretty nice grape variety or whatever. And, and then you go to Chardonnay, the whites, and Sauvignon Blanc, and, but you have to taste with a purpose of trying to build a vocabulary in your mind so that you can recall yeah, that's right. what, you, what you have. And that's why I try to close my eyes and I try to just imagine what I'm drinking and try to figure it out on my own. Yes. And I think that's a good start. But um, I was going to say another thing that just kind of escaped me. But so you got hard work and you're tasting for a purpose. And the other thing is that you need to be able to... I think discover different wine regions around the world because I think that's very important. If you're just a Napa Valley guy like my guy over here, <laughs> <laughs> you throw him an Australian Shiraz, he might have trouble with that. So, <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad that he made the distinction now of Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So that's yeah, a good that, Yeah, that was a good For summer. a white guy, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, but I think that hard work and uh, and getting some formal education, maybe taking some taking some classes or as such, and also it's nothing wrong with going to your local wine shop and asking the person there that's the head of the wine, hey, put me together a mixed case of wines. Yeah, and you take them home, and over a course of time, you try different grape varietals and different wines, and that can help you get started into I think a successful career in that yes so using your own terms okay your own vocabulary how would you describe this amazing legend vineyard exclusive this okay. is a red blend 2019 just released and this is one of our most transformative wine and we love it because it's like melody to your mouth it's very harmonious dear friends but beautiful now, label thank you the rose label yeah Okay, so first of all, Red Blend uh, is it is Nap John Legend Red Blend Napa Valley. So Red Blend is going to mean that it's going to probably be somewhat of a uh, a blend between Cabernet, maybe Merlot, Cab Franc, uh, somewhere a little more, a little bit more. So, um, but in, in um, and also the blend because it's Napa Valley. I believe Napa Valley is seventy five percent, eighty five, eighty five percent. One great varietal. So if it's 85% Cabernet or 85% Merlot, you could put that on the bottle. But if it's less than that, you have to go with the blend. Mm -hmm. In 2019, I think it was a really nice year, right? Phenomenal. Yeah. We really think one of the best in the last, you know, decades. You know, very exciting year. So what do you feel there? I think this, it has some bright uh, purplish fruit. Um, the back end makes your mouth salivate quite a bit. 
Hey, Brian, mm. you might not like this. It might. You think there's some petite verdot in here? <laughs> he so, may be right. He may be right, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. The white guy is getting yeah. better and better. Well, he has a sensitivity <laughs> to Petit Verdot for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, I think... I'm, I'm a big fan of Petit Verdot. There's a little bit of it in yeah. it. Good job. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I think it's a beautiful wine. I like it, I, but I do think it needs a little time. For sure. I would give it maybe the next three to five years before it probably going to really start showing its potential. But very nice wine. What does this retail for? Can we talk about uh, 50. here? 50. 50? Nice price range for Napa Valley. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you write about Minority Report. That's the name of the report. Minority Wine Report, yes. Which is so exciting now. Besides the John Legend, we've seen a phenomenal wave over the last two, three years, really. Wow. Not just on the sales side on the sum side, mm -hmm. on the restaurant side, but as well on the production side of, as an example, African-American coming in. So, you know, our friend Phil Long. I know Phil, I, I, as a matter of fact, I just, I just interviewed Phil Long a few days ago, yes. Fantastic, so we yeah. were on a panel, okay. you know, recently with a wine enthusiast where we had three fabulous African-American women, entrepreneurs who've been mm -hmm. making wine for five to eight to 10 years, and are becoming extremely successful in the space. So there's a true movement now, isn't it? And you're probably one of the ones who started it. Well, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I started it, but I just was trying to get people to have a voice in it because there's tremendous opportunities for African-Americans yes. uh, to get into the wine game because a lot of them feel like, eh, you know, the, the most they know about wine is maybe white, white Zippendale or they know uh, some of that stuff that comes out of Italy. I'm not even going to mention the name. It's some some sweet, yes. sweeter wines. Instead, you know, this this wine game is very complicated. That's right. And that and and they love wine, but they just sometimes they just need a little push or a little momentum to get themselves into the wine game and to learn more and more. And we're getting a lot more sommeliers and, and other people that want to make wine. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Yes. I think it's really exciting. Do you know Mac McDonald? Yes. Wonderful gentleman. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. He's a guy that I've talked to over the years that's given me some really good advice also. Yes. But I'm very excited. You know, for us as a winery, we've been selling wine in Africa for a long time, whether northern Southern or Central Africa. Oh, wow. So I'm very used to the taste and the palates and, and, and um, great partners, importers and distributors doing a phenomenal job and telling us what, what sells, what is promoted. And I'm so glad that the taste today of a wine like this fits all palates. That's what I love. And maybe in the old days, the taste was different. And No, it, I think it totally was. Yeah. But I think that to, today... There's more quality wine in the world than it's ever been. And I think I wrote an article back, uh, I don't know how many years, a few years ago. And in, in the crust of the article was that it, it was my belief and no one else's. Yep. I, thought, I thought White Zippendale saved the American wine uh, consumer because Sutter Homes and Behringer People were drinking that, and they was just keeping it afloat instead of people having pretty much nothing to drink. That's right. And then what happens when you drink those wines, and over a period of time, your palate 
goes through a maturation process and you get off of the sweet stuff and then you start drinking this really that's good right. juice. Yeah. So that's the, that's the kind of the evolution of it in a sense. Yeah. Well, and your voice, as well as those producers, as well as Phil Long, as well as, well, Blackman, mm -hmm. you know, who is great as an uh, ex-phenomenal football player in the field and many others are really coming in to the space in a strong way. Uh, so I think uh, it- uh, On the, uh, the athletes and wine, it's becoming a marriage. I mean, you got LeBron James, you got uh, Carmelo Anthony, you got the guy that plays for Portland. Who's the guard that plays uh, McCullum? McCullum yep. that plays for Portland. A lot of these guys are really loving the wine game now, and I think it's a beautiful thing. But these guys, these guys are coming in on the high end now. Well, you which know, is great. You know, it is, San, no, it is. No. San Francisco, we have yeah. the Warriors, right? Uh -huh. You know, they, they're all collectors. Yes. And they love the Red Room. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, and we were just there this afternoon of all places. Uh -huh. And the wine list of a few restaurants there is amazing. Yes. And things are really mm -hmm. booming. So I think a lot, a lot at every side of the business are getting into it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But, I, but also, I just think that the quality of what I call really good juice is at an all-time high throughout yeah. the world. No, if you're making a bad wine today, there's something wrong. That's for sure. Yeah. And you, how many, okay, I want to ask you, a few, uh, JCB, a few questions here. Mm. It's dangerous. You're, you're, kill, you're killing the wine game, man. Oh, we having when, fun. When do, when do you sleep? Oh. Huh? Now I, I'm I'm going to sleep because I just noticed something. Oh, friends. see how he changed Look at that! I was about to pick up the cord. You see how he changed I mean, I told you oh, he had oh, nice legs. Yeah. Legs of an athlete. Look at that! Oh, American pro football player. No. Oh, he is. No, and I trainer, wanted to be a pro coach. football player. It didn't happen. Ladies, gentlemen, don't you think he dresses well? His brooches, jewelry, great style. But look at those socks. They suck. Even your pal are wearing the right socks. Hey, you guys, do you mind coming and showing us? I mean, you're Brian, all going to come. Off. I mean, look at this. We all in the JCB socks. Oh! Yes, come over, boys. Are we making him a shame? I hope. Oh, Patrick, look at that. Yeah, baby. Hey, so we have a little gift. We have a little gift. So, Tedius, you're going to have to do it. All right, man. You're going to have to show us those sexy legs. I'm going to prepare them for you. I guess I have to. Hey, that's next the time. Next, well, if there's a next time, I'm going to come prepare. Hey, that's the first time on the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting someone undressed. Oh, look at those lovely feet. Hey, it's got JCB on it, too. Look at that. Hey, we're going to use those great legs to do pijage in the pijage, cellar. Pijage, yeah. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. I don't mind putting, He's in, a a, big athlete, I don't mind putting in a little work. Hey, you're doing a good job, huh? Uh -huh. So now, can you promise us that uh -huh. you're really going to wear red socks a lot I'm going to wear these. I mean, you know, nice slacks. Uh, actually, red, uh, red and gray go good hey, together, doesn't it? Black shoes? It's, yeah. it's a, well, maybe you want to do I both. Do both. I do both. Or you just want to. <laughs> it's up to you. Is this the first time on your show? <laughs> first time. <laughs> hey, we should provide foot massage and then put the yeah. red socks. <laughs> yeah. Is this so? These are your signature socks. Yeah, so wow. can you believe? Look, 
If you There's show, a logo on there somewhere, if right? If you show our friends. There's a logo right there, Get it, right? get it, get it, get it! <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was a hey, sensitive he even, man. He even gives ah! us a <laughs> The ladies are hiding behind the curtain. And it doesn't smell hey, anything bad. Hopefully, hopefully this is going to end raspberry. up on the floor, dude. Oh, this is the that's going to end Hello, up on honey. the floor. <laughs> hey, which one do I like the most? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is, they made in, uh, made in Burgundy, can mm -hmm. you believe? It's made the, in Burgundy. Yeah. The, yeah. the company exists since 1906. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the iconic socks maker in the world of the finest socks. They actually so. feel really good on the feet. No, there's no, this is not, no bullshit. These feel really good on the oh. feet, man. Seriously. Yeah. Hey, you can sleep with them. You got to sleep like yeah. a baby. Hey, do you she, sleep dressed or naked, typically? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, it varies. Oh, really? It varies. Sometimes, you know, I'm a little warm. I, I like to just, what do they call sleeping naked? Isn't there a term for that? Sleeping <laughs> naked. Yeah, oh, but anyway, oh, yeah. Now, well, and as, well, we're not going to get into that one, JCP. We're going to leave that one alone. So, dear friends, we have a big question. What keeps inspiring you? So much great success. One out of 11 kids made it to the CIA, built an amazing wine collection, started the CIA Minority Wine FBI. Report. And, and I'll go with it. I provoked I'll go him. with that. I provoked him. I know. I'll go with that. Okay. You know what? You know I what? got you. You know what gets me you up? You paid attention, which is you good. You know what gets me up and motivates me? Yes. Is life. Yes. My Tell life us more about is that. so gifted. And this is all honesty. And this is not like a, you know, just telling fairy tales. My life is so gifted and so precious that every day I get up, I'm trying to do something to make it a little bit better. Yes. And I 100% eliminate anyone else that wants to kind of screw my life up. I have no time for any negativity. Yeah. Anybody's bringing anything negative towards me, they're out and I don't deal with it. I'm but, with you. But I, so wine is in my life and, and I want to travel as much as possible and drink the best wines in the world and get to meet other people in other cultures because I think that's yeah, special. Because sure. and just because we're in America, sometimes Americans are, are, are somewhat egotistical. They think they're better than other people. Mm. But I'm, I want to see the world. And, and, and I believe, like I said before, life is precious. And I don't know how much more time I have on earth. No one does. Everybody sure. has a number. Nobody knows the number. So I want to enjoy it and do as many things as I can that I enjoy doing before that number comes up. I love it. Everybody has a number. That's well said. Now, what's your dream at large? Okay, so currently, you know, my dream is that at, I think at some point I'm going to try to become a master of wine. Yes. I'm not sure if that's going to reach us where I need it to go because I think that in order to do that, you need to be 100% committed to do that. And I, I'm not there right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you're doing your, yeah, but, your, but, but, your, your number level four. Yeah, doing level four. Big yes. deal. Yeah, 
It is. Yeah, it is. Well, you got to study. You got to. No, no, I'm. It's, uh, it's a big commitment. Yeah, I, I'm up to take uh, D3, which is in level four. It's, it's, it's kind of wines of the world. And, and just what it says, you need to know wines of the world. Yes. And if you don't taste wines of the world, you can't know wines of the world. You know what I'm saying? So from that standpoint. So, no, that's that's my immediate goal is that. But excuse me. But my end. But but at the end of the day, I just want to say I've lived life and loved it. And I don't regret anything. Not, not at all. No regrets. That's so if you went in the cemetery mm -hmm. and there's something written on your tomb, oh, what would you like it to be? That's a good one, dude. And, and, and you know, because I, I think you I know, knew I know, he but said I, it. But I, but I, he lived and he had no regrets. And, and I had no, no regrets. And basically, that's what it is. But it was a, there's another quote that uh, I still have this, uh, and I can't remember. It's by um, not, not John F., but Robert F. Kennedy, the guy that was the attorney general. And it, the, the quote was basically, you lived a good life, and at the end, you had no regrets. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what, hopefully, that's that. what it'll be for me. I don't want, oh, another thing. I, okay, so, I don't <laughs> want. I don't it's want, getting interesting, dear friends. I don't want anybody to come to, at the end of the day, for me, I don't want anybody to come and have crying and trying to, say how much they appreciate me or love me, blah, blah, blah. Let me move on with that because I've already lived the, my life the way I want to live it. So because Krug is my favorite champagne. Yes. Whoever comes to my ending days, it, hopefully I'll have enough money for them to drink unlimited Krug and they can just sit around and talk about stories and then my ashes be spread over a nice wine field. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Well, now... We would like to hear from the Sage, from Thaddeus himself. Maybe something you'll write in the Minority Wine Report. Uh, maybe a big statement for our friends watching. It's the end of 2021, finally. You know, not finally because it hasn't been as bad as for some of us mm -hmm. as for some others. So we're very fortunate. Look, we're here in Napa Valley in the Red Room together. Yes. Having an amazing time. Red Room's a wonderful place if you ever get a chance. Really special. And you can wear your red socks. socks. Uh -huh. <laughs> he might let you in free with the red socks <laughs> on, okay? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically if you come barefoot. <laughs> okay. So what would be your big statement to the world? Uh, in terms of... Any just... topics you wish. Well... You know, you know, my the biggest statement I can make to the world, one, I think if you drink more wine, you'll be better off because you'll be happier as a person and as people. But the other thing, I just don't like the tension that's in the world. That's right. Whether it's white, black, blah, blah, blah. We're all I mean, everybody that gets cut in this world, you're gonna bleed. The blood's gonna be red. Everybody's blood the same. No one's different. So you have no right to think that you're better than anyone else just because of the color of your skin, period. And it's a learned behavior because kids, when they're born, they have no thought of racism or, or dislike or anything. It's a learned behavior that the parents start out teaching them, and it's wrong because we're going to all live a lot better life, a longer life, if we just love in a sense, love your neighbor because, I mean, there's going to be people you're going to like or dislike for whatever reason. 
may, and it has nothing to do with race, but that's fine. But just don't hate a person just because of the color of their skin. That's just, I just think that's flat out wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers, We bro. agree so much, dear friends. Like that. Oh, I love that. Hey. Damn. We might have to take one of these home with us, Doc. <laughs> hey, that's the right intention. Yeah. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week in Fort Lauderdale. I cannot wait. And dear friends, whether it's the CIA or the FBI, they two both great organization. Yeah. In this case, he got me. I was trying to play with him and he knew I said CIA when it was FBI. <laughs> so to all the secret agents out there, yeah. the answer is drink wine when you write your report. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>